This is the Clutch Pick Sports Betting Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. And as always, I'm joined by the score's lead betting analyst, Mr. Matt Russell. Yes, there's still a smile on my face despite a down week for us here on the pod, but it's okay. We do what we can to keep the vibes high. A 7-9 and nine record in week four, bringing the season total. Season total still okay. Not mad at the season total. Sitting at 39-24-1. It's all right. It's all right. I'm not mad at all. Mr. Matt Russell, how are you doing, my dude? As we Ooh. enter into week five of the NFL season, I have to gotta, double check and make sure. Yeah, week five already. I got to tell you, it's a good thing. The uh, weather is uh, pretty good these days in, I think, most parts of North America. You know, a little bit uh, warmer. Because uh, honestly, after Sunday, you'd wonder if the sun was going to shine on Monday. But uh, yeah, sure enough, sun came up on Monday, got to flush it all out. Didn't really get all that bad, all that much better with the uh, Giants for me uh, on Monday night. What a horrendous performance that was! Just an in, un, inexplicably bad showing um, from a team that you know. Speaking of, you can't believe it's Week Five. I can't believe the Giants made the playoffs last year. Like that was just <laughs> incredible. Um, but we'll get we'll get to them. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, man, good. You know, like I said, still living and, uh, you know, got kicked around a little bit this past weekend. But you know what? We live to see another day, right? That's why there's multiple weeks in the season. That's the beauty of the NFL. There's just always games now, right? There's just games like all the time. It's like you get a day off, a couple days off, then boom, right back at it again. Start thinking about the next week. And of course, as I always say, listen, listen, kids. We talk about the good weeks, we talk about the bad weeks, but the season numbers are still okay. So we keep the train moving. We keep things looking forward. And for the people that might be new to the pod, just in case you're wondering what we do here, I like to explain it in case there's new people joining in each and every week. I'll come on. We'll go through the entire NFL schedule. I will make a pick for each and every game. And then Matt comes in with the information and education on where the line is, where it was, where it could be heading into kickoff. And our hope is we come out on the other end with a much more informed pick. That's the goal here. That's what we do. And it's, I'm picking every single game on the schedule. So hopefully you're along for the ride. Hopefully during the weekend, you know, you can go to the pod wherever you get your podcast. Remember to like and subscribe. And you can scroll to, oh, wait, it's a four o'clock games. I need a, a, an angle. I need a lean on which side. Boom. Find the time code. Find that game. Hear what we got to say. Check the line. Check what we were talking about and what the line was then. And boom. That's how we try to make podcast magic, as they say. Um, as always, we start with Thursday Night Football. I don't know how much magic will be going on here on Thursday Night Football, but we got the Bears at the Commanders and Washington at home, five and a half point favorites. The Bears put together a solid half of offense. I mean, the Broncos had your, your boy... <laughs> Justin Fields looking like he was Patty Mahomes there for the first half. But then the Bears went Bears. They blow a 21-point lead. Their coach is a moron. Um, I don't like calling people morons, but that was a pretty moronic. Totally fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, if you saw what happened, you saw what happened. Meanwhile, on the flip side, it's not like Riverboat Ron was out here putting on a coaching clinic himself, whereas he had the opportunity, I'm sure you're going to talk about this, to go for the win, go for two at the end of the game. Yeah. Takes it to overtime. They lose either way. Five and a half points. Sounds like a lot of points, 
but there's still nothing that I've seen from the Bears. Or I shouldn't say that. There is one half of football that I've seen from the Bears. Mm-hmm. And that's still not enough for me to think that I'm going to be backing the Bears at any time soon. Five and a half points is a lot. It is. But I still like what I see from the Commanders so far. I don't like laying five and a half points with the Commanders. But if there's a uh, team for me to trust, air quotes here, trust on a short week, Thursday night, it's not going to be your boy Eberflus. Is that even how you pronounce his name? And Justin Fields and the Bears. So right. give me the Commanders. I'll reluctantly lay the five and a half points, but let's go Commanders. Yeah, it's going to be hard to talk you out of that. I, I mean, we can't... Honestly, the next person who says, that even uses the term Riverboat Ron, even in like a sarcastic way, just needs to be like launched into the sun. That was an atrocity of a coaching decision. So... You know, it's that kind of stuff that, like, big picture, you, you just don't want to have to trust a guy like that laying points or to sort of do the correct thing that is to be optimal because you watch, you know, you watch, I watch every one of these games, right? Yeah. And even watching the game on Monday, right, as bad as the Giants were, right up until the point where Daniel Jones throws that interception, it's like, well, they could still come back here. Mm-hmm. They just have to stop doing the dumbest thing imaginable on, <laughs> on uh, imaginable on basically every single play, right? Like special teams penalties, like this guy's doing this dumb thing. This guy's doing this dumb thing. Right. And so when a coach just does the wrong thing so blatantly in that situation, you just go like, it's really hard to win in the NFL. Like even against some of these garbage teams, which man, it feels like there's a lot of them especially from a quarterbacking perspective, right? Like who is good at quarterback outside of, you know, sort of the five obvious guys, you know, that we might say. And so, you know, I don't have a problem with this number necessarily, but it's funny, like you can have a bad weekend on, you know, betting this stuff. And honestly, a lot of that comes down to stuff like, you know, I I sort of pinpoint like defensive touchdowns, right? Where, you know, you go through a weekend of college football in the NFL and you're just like, you know, you watch the pick six happening on Monday night, and you're just like, how many of these defensive touchdowns are gonna am I gonna get hit with in a row? Like, when does my team get a defensive touchdown? Right? Like, when does that <laughs> when does that happen? So my, my point is, is you can you can make these bets and they're kind of just up to you know whatever happens on the field, obviously. But we have to remind ourselves that like understanding the market, knowing where this stuff is, you know, like you said, you know, point spread, where is it coming from? Where is it going, et cetera, et cetera. And so this number creeped up and touched seven. And so as it was creeping up to like six and a half, seven, like the the instinct is just sort of sit there and go like, God, like I know the bears suck, but <laughs> man, that's too high, right? And by the yeah. time you can kind of even like register that opinion with a bet, off it goes to six and a half and you go, okay, well, like, you know what? That makes sense. Maybe the commanders take more money and this goes back to seven and we'll see where, you know, and we'll, and we'll try to hit it at that point. And before that happens, you know, like as we talk about, right, sometimes the betting market just doesn't have any chill Mm -hmm. and people jump on the plus six and a half and they jump on the plus six and a half so aggressively that we end up, you know, down back at five and a half. And so I think five and a half is the correct number. And that's why, you know, again, whether you're looking at it from a purely numbers, you've got a spreadsheet going, et cetera, et cetera, or you just look at it logically and you just go like seven, like what? Five and a half is probably the correct number here. So I'm not going to, you know, it's hard for me to talk you out of this necessarily. It's just more like, 
wow, we are in a rock and a hard place where like yeah. I should have rather had the plus six and a half, plus seven, and under no circumstance, you know, it's like under no circumstance would I bet the commanders at minus six and a half. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so like, it's hard for me to be like, oh, now that it's five and a half, like I'm kind of into it. Like, I, yeah. no, that's not really going to be the case for me here, right? And so then I look at it and I go like, if Riverboat Ron, your mans, you know, launch me <laughs> into the sun, like once he's shown that he's not capable of making correct you know, in-game decisions, what else is the team capable of doing? And, you know, we've seen Sam Howell, good Sam Howell. We've seen bad Sam Howell. You're going to get good and bad Sam Howell. Like, there is a pretty large, you know, disparity between the results that the commanders are capable of because of Sam Howell getting a little crazy and Ron Rivera making bad decisions. And so if I told you that the Bears just, like, won this game, you know, you, know, you, you missed it on Thursday night, and I told you on Friday morning, hey, can you believe the commanders, you know, lost that game to the Bears? Like, I think the answer is like, yeah, I can kind of believe that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I know the Bears are awful, but it's like, I wouldn't be that shocked if the Bears won this game outright because we did start to see them actually execute downfield passing plays. Now, again, yeah. the, the Broncos defense is probably just is probably just the worst, right? The actual worst in the league. I mean, they got they got 70 points hung on them <laughs> at the previous week. Like, that's not we're not exactly breaking any news necessarily, right? And the commanders are considerably you know, better defense. They're going to get a ton of pressure, right? And so I just remember last year, this game was the game where the, the, uh, the, the Bears kind of refused to run Justin Fields. And then they lose the game at home against the commanders pretty convincingly. And then they go to New England on Monday night the following week. And they yes. actually start running Justin Fields. You're like, I didn't know Justin Fields had this in him. <laughs> and so I look at it and I go, like, is there a reason they didn't run Justin Fields in that game? I'm still not really sure why they haven't ran Justin Fields basically in the first, you know, the start of this season so far in, in, in a truly meaningful way. So I go, okay, like, I don't really know that the, at the Justin Fields, like, legs, you know, the run game is going to be necessarily working here because I think the commanders are probably doing something to keep him from taking off in that game last week. And, of course, I don't like the Bears unless Justin Fields is running the football here. So and this is a long way to sort of say, like, I hate both sides of this game. But, like, if, you know, if for some reason the Bears could keep doing what they were doing last week against this commander's team, and the Bears kind of said, they're like, no, listen, like, we're going to get it going here. We're going to get it going. And they kind of did. And obviously the defense is an atrocity. But who knows, right? I mean, listen, this is going to come down to both teams, both quarterbacks, and, and honestly both coaches just doing a bunch of dumb stuff. It's probably going to be a fun game to watch from just a mockery standpoint, but I don't know that there's any like side that you have to be jumping on or that I could like talk you in or yeah. out of necessarily. Definitely. And my angle here is like, if you're taking the commanders at minus five and a half, which I am just understand the game that you're getting into, right? Yeah. It's not a safe place to be, but just understand the game that you're getting into and move on accordingly. Cause there's a lot more games to discuss as well as we got the Jags and the bills back to back weeks in London for the Jags. Um, I don't know why is this actually considered a Buffalo home game? Is this a Buffalo home game technically? Yeah, on the I schedule. I saw that on the, on the schedule. Yeah. So Bills are favored by five and a half points here. And the Bills last week, okay? I was on Miami last week, and the Bills just laid the smack down. That was a game in which clearly the Bills were like, we've heard all the talk. We've heard all the noise. We are going to just stomp out the Dolphins. And they did so. Massive props to them. 
this game now, we, we know the Bills are for real. We know they're good. Cool. I get that. I feel like it has to be some form of an advantage, though, that Jacksonville's just been in London for the week, whereas the Bills have to, like, travel out, get their feet wet, understand, you know, just how to maneuver, how to move around, where you're practicing, what are the game times, adjust to the time zones, all these fun things that they got to do. And you're telling me I can get five and a half points with the Jags? I'm not falling for the Jags because I feel like a lot of what happened last week had more to do with Atlanta. Right. But with my angle of always weird things happening in these London games, I don't mind taking the points here. I'll give me the plus five and a half here with Jacksonville. Their defense hopefully can keep things a little bit close. Trevor Lawrence looked okay last week. Okay. Hopefully that can continue. Five and a half points is a lot for Buffalo that I think this is a a tough task, having to travel all the way to London and take on a pretty solid Jags team that's been chilling in London for the week. So that's where I'm at here. Yeah, it's funny because last week we talked about the idea, like how is is Jacksonville on a quote-unquote neutral, a three-point favorite against the Falcons? Like that would take a pretty drastic downgrade, essentially off of one game against the Lions on the road to get sort of Atlanta down to a point where it makes sense for the Jags, who again – hadn't done anything to get upgraded having lost to the Texans and scored nine points the previous week uh, against the Chiefs, where Zach Wilson can even score 20 points against them. You know, you go, okay, so the Jags aren't going up. How far down can we take the Falcons? I can't get to three unless I start giving Jacksonville like a half point, a point, something along those lines for mm-hmm. home home field advantage. And they go and they win handily. And, you know, you look at, you watch the Falcons, you're like, God, Desmond Ritter, yet another one of these quarterbacks that is just terrible. And you go, okay, like, I don't know if that has anything to do with like a, a sort of quasi home field advantage or whatever, but I know that staying there for a week has to mean something, right? If the, if, if we were giving them a half point last week, there has to be a point, you know, at least okay. a half point this week, maybe a point, maybe a point and a half. Like who knows, you know, especially given the travel for the bills and bills coming off this big, like divisional win. Right. Again, you know, we talk about sort of the jump and hug game where you don't want to be, you know, dealing with a team off of a jump and hug game. You don't really want to be off, you know, dealing off a team off of like a message sending type game. Right. And that's what everybody's Mm -hmm. describing this game for the bills. So like, it's kind of just this really tricky spot and you take out, you know, there's a couple of injuries elements here, right. Where for the bills, you take out Trey white, that's going to be a tough injury for them. Von Miller doesn't appear to be like he's ready to go necessarily. If he is, you know, maybe there's probably a, you know, a snap count, you know, put on him. So they're kind of in this in between where they don't get Miller back just yet. And they have Trey, Trey White out. Uh, maybe also, you know, going with the, uh, the DeMar Hamlin uh, having to start him, mm-hmm. you know, because of an injury to the back end as well. And you go, can the Jags take advantage of that? And, from the Jags' perspective, not an injury necessarily, but a suspension in Cam Robinson. They're a left tackle, they're starting left tackle, right? Like franchise left tackle. He's going to be back for this game. And so that gives them at least a you know a better chance of stopping what the Bills want to do from a pass rushing standpoint and giving Trevor Lawrence more time to take mm-hmm. advantage of the Bills not having Trey White. Uh, and maybe being a little thin on that back end. And so between that and the, and just the fact that like, based on kind of like a market rating perspective here, I have this game, like bills minus 3.8, like again, based off of point spreads from the past. And that's kind of without even 
factoring in the Jags quasi home field advantage, right. That I think mm-hmm. would dra- drag this closer to three and uh, you know, and my, and my ratings, you know, sort of mirror that as well. And so, you know, essentially it, it's, this feels like a game that has been boosted off of the bills kind of stomping on the dolphins a little bit, yeah. but just being in like a drastically different circumstance in, as you said, kind of that weird, um, you know, very kind of dry atmosphere where like there's 32 different types of jerseys in the crowd. And like, (laughs) maybe there's more Bills fans than there are Jags fans. But like, is that going to really make that much of a difference? Because, you know, like we said, you know, a lot of these games probably get weird because of the circumstances around the travel, you know, getting out to London and all the stuff that they kind of have to do. But like, if the Jags have already been there, you know, it's kind of a been there, done that situation. Like, yeah, they might be live for a little bit of an upset here. And like, okay, that's just kind of how the NFL works. Right. And so, you know, I think there's been some sixes that have kind of popped up here and it's, you know, one of these things where there are certain point spreads every week where they don't really move and you kind of can't get an idea of like, what's a good bet and what's a good price. Well, there's been some sixes pop up in this game and they've gotten gobbled up pretty quickly in the marketplace um, for the Jags. So uh, if we can find plus six, that'd be great because that's obviously sort of overtime protection. If we, you know, if, if we were to go to overtime and the Bills certainly capable of winning by a touchdown in overtime. So we're going to try to shoot for plus six over the course of this week here, but uh, I think it's Jags or or nothing here uh, for me. Sure. And we'll get to some of these other games close where it's more of a better example from what happened last week. But as you just mentioned that looking out for the plus sixes, if you're listening to this pod on Sunday or on Saturday night, I guess, because it'd be very early Sunday morning if you're trying to get your bets in, but, and you see that it is now plus six, obviously that's a benefit to you as the person making your bet at that game time, as opposed to what we're talking about here as we record this on Wednesday. So just always be mindful of when you're you're listening to the pod, what the line is at that point, and when we're recording it and what the line is then. Um, I say all that as we move on to our next game, which I think is a pretty solid matchup. It might not be getting the headlines, right? It might not get the headlines, but I think it's a solid matchup nonetheless. It is the Eagles at the Rams Eagles as four and a half point road favorites in LA Eagles remain undefeated after they won an OT thriller against the commanders. Now they go head to head with the Rams who also won an OT an OT thriller of their own shouts to my guy Puka who's putting in mega work for my fantasy team, by the way, but the Rams remain a frisky team, at least early on in the season. And while they're still healthy, their stars are still healthy. Puka's doing well replacing Cooper Cup, who could be on the mend soon. Um, But either way, this game's frisky in the Vegas zone, and I like taking the home dogs here in the Vegas zone. Give me the Rams, plus four and a half. As long as they're still healthy, Aaron Donald's still there to be a wrecker in the middle. Maybe they can slow up the Eagles' run game a little. And, hey, Matthew Stafford's still healthy, and they're able to move the ball. Give me the four and a half points in the Vegas zone. I like it with the Rams. What say you, my friend? Yeah, this is a tough one. I, are we going to get Cooper Cup in in there this week, right? You know, as we talk, always talk about it, we're talking about this on Wednesday afternoon. We, you know, an LA team, probably any minute now, will they, they will take the uh, the practice field and we'll see sort of what the optimism or, or non-optimism is for Cooper Cup. And I think if Cooper Cup is in, right, that becomes, that offense gets a little bit better. But the other element for the practice uh, deal is that Matthew Stafford was hobbling 
all over the field in that game against the Colts, right? And we talked about the idea of the jump and hug game. That was kind of a jump and hug game. That was a really interesting game. We'll talk more Max. about it from the Colts side, but that was kind of an interesting result, you know, with the obviously big lead and then blowing the big lead and then winning the game in overtime anyway. Um, I grabbed the Eagles minus four earlier on in the week here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to end up being sort of a valuable bet from like a closing line perspective, especially if Cup plays. I can imagine, you know, some money coming back the other way. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm like committed to that Eagles minus four by any means, because if mm-hmm. I can get the plus four and a half with the Rams, like there's always a way sort of to get out of that for me. Um yeah, you know, you'd like to be able to say, like, maybe the Rams and Aaron Donald are the team that can stop this incessant, you know, uh, tush push situation <laughs> from the Eagles, right? Which is like always the thing that's like going to push them over the edge. Uh, I do have some concerns about the defense, right? Like we talked about Sam Howell and being a, like Sam Howell looking good against the Eagles was not something that I think most people kind of thought was going to happen. I thought that Sam Howell looked really good. Which is part of the reason, <laughs> obviously, is why I'm annoyed with with our guy uh, Ron Rivera, is because I had the Commanders in you know on the money line in that game at you know better than plus what three fifty something along those lines, mm-hmm. and you just go you just sit there and you go like man I think you had a better chance at a 50-50 shot here than you did messing around with overtime in that game so. Um, you know, I, compared to think about it this way, right? Eagles minus four and a half. Compare that to the 49ers like three weeks ago at the Rams at seven and a half, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know that the Eagles are three points, you know, worse than yes. worse than them. But you go, well, the Rams have shown that they're like, you know, serviceable, right? Obviously yeah. playing really tight with the Bengals on the road. And, and again, I don't know, but I don't know if that's a good thing, right? Because we're <laughs> sitting here in the first week of October and you're just like, we theoretically have all these data points and all these comparisons and be like, okay, this team can play with this team. This team can can't play with these teams, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I'd like to think that like playing on the road on Monday night and like having a chance to win against the Bengals is impressive. But then I'm like, wait a minute, like watch every other Bengals game this year. Yeah. Right. It's dreadful. Mm -hmm. So like, why would I, why would I be that excited, you know, about the Rams necessarily? So, you know, a a lot of this stuff, obviously, you know, you have a rough week, you kind of get a little more fence city than you would be sort of, you know, coming at it from a confidence standpoint. Yeah. 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 But there's also just a lot of moving pieces with this, right? Because a hip injury for Matthew Stafford, you know, we want to be backing Matthew Stafford when he's healthy, but Matthew Stafford, when he's not healthy, turns into the Rams offense of last year, where it just honestly was a struggle for them to get to 20 points and 20 Mm -hmm. points is not going to cut it against the Eagles. No, definitely not. It's going to be a crazy game for sure. And I think the the longer the season goes, the less healthy the Rams will be. So I'm kind of like enjoying riding the Rams early because <laughs> I know late it's not good. We're not going to be able to be doing that at all. Yeah. And is it already late? Right. And that's the sort of scary thing. <laughs> True. It is week five. Good call. Good call there. Um, yeah. So Rams, what did I say? The line is there Rams plus four and a half is my pick there. As we move on to the chiefs who are five and a half, five point favorites, not five and a half, five point favorites in Minnesota against the Vikings. Um, <laughs> the chiefs on Monday night, that game to me looked like, Oh, the chiefs got out to a double digit lead and then got bored. And Mahomes was like, let me just see what kind of trick passes I could try here. Like yeah. he was trying to like, you know, when they do the drills where you're trying to throw it over like the hidden objects into like a bucket or into sure. the garbage can. Like he's yeah. trying to throw those passes over linebackers and, you know, then he misses it and he's doing this arm motion like, oh, I got to put more loft on it. It's like, 
bro, what's going on here? I'm trying to cover spreads. I thought he was going to throw one around his back at one point just for fun, right? right? Like mix something up, you know? I mean, And that's, that's before we get to him sliding on the one-yard line <laughs> to right. close out the game, which is a thing that's going to get all the headlines about covering or not covering that spread. But really, they blew covering the spread well before that. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny, right? Like you can, you know, people telling on themselves about like kind of being new to either like just betting in general or honestly, yeah. maybe even football. Um, I'll tell you this. And I, you know, if anybody's listened to the podcast, even just last year, right. I've, I've brought up my, my wife's uh, pick them pool league yes. that she's in with work and that she won last year. And she didn't really tell me about it until like week 12. Um, she's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm for, in first place in this thing. I'm like, what? Um, so she was she's on the Chiefs, right? And and yeah. you know, we're watching that game late and like going to bed. And I just I just turned to her and this was like well before this the play happened. You know, you're sitting, you're seeing them on the 13 yard line with first and 10. I just said to her, I was like, I need you to be prepared here because one of two things is gonna happen. One, they're gonna get stopped here, they're gonna kick the field goal because Andy Reid's a coward, and he's gonna you know want them to have a six-point lead over a three-point lead. Mm -hmm. And or two, and the more more likely result that's going to happen here is you see that little gap between the yellow line and the end zone. <laughs> they are going to get a first down, but not a touchdown, you know, whether it's getting it down to like third and one and running some like little run play where a guy falls or something yeah. along those lines right and when it gets to third and seven or third and six you know and they drop back to pass and you go okay it's really hard to execute a pass that like goes in but in that little space right yeah. and so i'm like well maybe and then he starts scrambling and i'm like oh no and if there's you know we always sort of go okay does this guy know whether to go down this guy you know running backs right and it's like did he did they tell him in the in the huddle to go down or yes or no it's like if there's one guy, you know, speaking of trusting, if there's mm -hmm. one guy on the planet that I knew would know to like go down in that situation, it's Patrick Mahomes, right? And, and like that's what makes him like the best because he's not mm -hmm. only super talented, but he knows exactly what he needs all the time, especially in those scrambly situations, which are kind of amazing. Maybe I'm giving them way too much credit, but I even thought the play design was set up for that, right? I did everyone, too. every I play did. going to the every yes. single receiver yes. going the opposite direction, and yeah. he just comes out the other way to his left. There's nobody there. Yeah. It's wide open. Like, and I mean, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I also feel yep. like we watch the Chiefs a lot. Yeah, that it's just there's certain teams. If, if we can, can tell their game plan, if, you can tell that they're they everything execute, is setting up something else. Right? Yeah, if they can execute a ring around the rosy, like all the BS <laughs> plays that they run, like they can work on this, right? We yeah. always talk about like one of the things is continuity, right? Like, mm -hmm. and the Chiefs have such continuity that they like they already know their plays. You know, a couple of new guys come every year and those guys have to learn them, right? But a lot of it, when they lose, it's because, like, guys just drop passes. It's not because they don't know what to do at the, at the you know, right or wrong time. And so, like, yeah, of course they probably plan that. And it's funny, like, I didn't bring that up because I thought, you know, you or somebody else would be like, what are you talking about? Like, they drew up a play for a court, the quarterback to scramble. Not, you know, it wasn't a quarterback draw. It was like a pure on you know, full on scramble. But honestly, I agree with you. I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's just a play where it's like, okay, here's your read. And if it's not there, everyone's going to one side of the field. Yeah. This side's going to be wide open. Yeah. And as you said, Mahomes knows what he's doing. We've seen it time after time. I, we say all of that to I, say I they've say, blown a pick yet. <laughs> no, no, no. But like they, they should have covered against the jets, but they just didn't really care. They're yeah. just messing around and they almost found out, but not really. Cause they're the chiefs and they were never really going to lose that game yeah but here's the thing 
Now it's five points. They're on the road against Minnesota. And I find this kind of weird because normally we talk about like the Chiefs tax, right? And like them Mm -hmm. getting a little couple extra points here and there. Mm -hmm. But here with this only being five, I know for me personally, I would take the Chiefs by a touchdown. As you know, I like to take the Chiefs. will take the Chiefs by (laughs) a touchdown. You'll take a Chiefs by anything. Like, what do you care if it's a touchdown? Right? So this is what I don't get. Like, is this just all strictly like backdoor cover Vikings protection here that it's at five because well, they know if there's a team that's able, if it's a touchdown spread and there's a team that's able to come down and mess up that it's the Vikings and Kirk cousins, just boosting his stats in garbage time consists. He's made a career of it. Is that why this is five? And I'm on the well, chiefs minus five, by the way. Yeah. And it's funny. So we, we had that whole conversation. I sort of speaking, burying the lead here. I can't tell you how, uncomfortable it is with that i have a level of confidence that the vikings are going to cover this spread the way that i do because (laughs) if you haven't been paying attention to the last like year and a half Mm -hmm. i am no fan of this vikings team you know whatsoever that being said like this is not what we are normally seeing from the vikings from like a requirement standpoint right like it's always Hell yeah, the Vikings have to do they have to win and they have to cover. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to do that, man. Cause like they they always like blow it. Or they shouldn't, I shouldn't say they always blow, because obviously they had you know 13 wins last year because they won a bunch of close games. So it didn't really matter who they played, right? They play the Chargers, they're a pretty decent enough team, right? And it's like that thing goes down to the wire. They play the Buccaneers, that goes down to the wire. Honestly, if you play that game last week at Carolina a hundred times. We have no way of proving this. I think Carolina covers that game like 80 times out of 100, right? Like, I would make that bet on Carolina plus five, like, every day for the rest of my life until the day I die and feel really good about it, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. Bryce Young is, you know, obviously pretty overwhelmed. And, you know, you get the bat, you you know, that fumble that they return for a touchdown, right? If that foul doesn't bounce directly to the guy, you know, Mm -hmm. into the hands of the guy who ran it back, like, you know, I don't know that that game gets covered. So, you know, all that is to say, like, we don't get this whole, like, home underdog Viking version very often, right? Just because mm-hmm. the, the way the schedule has kind of, like, fallen out. And, you know, as much as, like, they've kind of yacked up a lot of these games here, right? It's been interception. And honestly, they tried to do it last week with the 99-yard interception return that Cousins threw last, in the last oh, game. Oh, yeah. But th- there's going to come a point here where the just the Vikings don't have the dumb fumble or the stupid Kirk Cousins interception, et cetera, et cetera. And again, because we're not asking them to even win this game, we're just <laughs> asking them to cover. We're just asking their offense essentially to kind of keep in touch with the Chiefs. Like, I feel weirdly comfortable backing the Vikings to do that. And as we're discussing this, mm-hmm. I look and like, I think the market's kind of agreeing with me because right now we're seeing a lot of four and a half and some fours as this line is starting to come down in the direction of Minnesota. Now, luckily okay. that's not crossing any sort of key number where mm-hmm. it makes like the Vikings sort of an un, you know, invalu- unvaluable bet. So we can still make this bet, but like, yeah, I love the Vikings at certainly at plus five plus four is certainly fine as well. I think this game is, is it is again, doesn't matter what the opponent is because the Vikings have the talent in a lot of cases to, to hang with some of these teams, particularly at home. I think it's just going to be another like painfully close game (laughs) that like, honestly, maybe the Vikings could win if, 
honestly, if the Chiefs are a little bit sloppy again, like they were on yeah. Sunday night, right? And so like, yeah. it kind of sets up like a spot where, you know, if the Chiefs keep getting away with this type of stuff, right? They get away with it until they don't get away with it. And like every once in a while, they just don't get away with it. Against Zach Wilson, you can get away with it. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, like you want to say, like you can probably get away with it, but like that this Vikings team can move the football, right? Yeah. You know that they can move the football. And so whether it's a backdoor situation or getting a lead early on maybe a sleepy Chiefs team on their second straight road game of the season, right? Like, you know, by the way, like listen, I'm not gonna besmirch the good, you know, the Chiefs or Patrick Mahomes. They just talk about how like amazing they are and how prepared they are for every circumstance. But like a lot of the Chiefs stuff. Right. A lot of the Chiefs brand, a lot of their mm -hmm. success is based on a lot of these home games from the, in the playoffs. Right. And we just don't you know, we only see them, obviously, half their games during the regular season are on the road. A lot of them against kind of crappy teams, you know, it, particularly in the division where it's like <laughs> that Broncos team quarterback by God knows who and like the Raiders. Right. And then they play a close road game with the Chargers every year. And then every once in a while they get beat on the road by like a Titans or a Jaguars or something along those lines. Right. Like, yeah you know, when, when you're building your resume or you're sort of the imagery that we have for the chiefs off of a different circumstance than what we've got here, then that can, you know, that can kind of sway, you know, your opinion a little bit too far to the idea that like, Oh, everything's going to be fine for the chiefs, especially when we just watched them blow essentially a 20 point lead. And it's just like, yeah, you know what? Maybe not everything is like super perfect. They'll probably pull this game out because, again, that's what they do because they have that edge over everybody else. Yeah. Five points is too many against a Vikings team that can move the football. I'm going to say that I totally and wholeheartedly understand everything that you're saying here. And if this game involved anyone other than Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins, you would have convinced me to switch this. The only reason I'm not is because I cannot, like, I, I just. You, we just know the bit already. I'm going to be on the Chiefs, right? Like, sure. yeah, I can say and whatever, the Kirk but Cousins like. thing makes a ton of sense, except for the fact that, like, we're not asking Kirk Cousins to do the thing that win. we're normally yeah. asking Kirk yeah, Cousins yeah. to do when we get disappointed by Kirk Cousins. I'm going to say this. I, I was expecting this line to be like a touchdown or like a little over a touchdown or something like that. So when I see five, that already tells me the spidey sense is like something's off about this. So I'm taking the Chiefs and laying the points knowing that something is messed up about this line already because I expect it to be higher. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, and, and, it, and it should be mentioned that, like, no, like, there isn't anything messed up about it. No, 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 like, no, no. I'm saying based... to my brain, to my brain of how sure. I bet on the Chiefs. I'm not saying in general. I'm well, saying sure. in my brain and how I bet on the Chiefs, I'm expecting this line to be You're always Chiefs betting on the seven. Chiefs. You're always assuming the Chiefs <laughs> should be, like, a touchdown favorite, and then you're shocked every single week when they don't cover. <laughs> Right. And it's like, that's, that is the bit, that's but it's like, it, it just needs to be mentioned that even I'll put it this way, right? Like from a rating standpoint, because I am so low relative to the market, basically every week for the last year on the Vikings, my numbers do say like, again, if I, this were, if I was sort of rating this in, in a, you know, in a world where I was in charge of the sports book, like my numbers would come out to like the chiefs being favored by like six points. Because that's you. how low I am on the Vikings in general. But the yeah. setup for this game and what the Vikings are good at, like that yeah. changes the calculus for me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where you go, like, I'm not just going to blindly back like a, a minus six, you know, power rating number because I know that it's not, 
you know, that power rating is, it's the same sort of deal that I'm talking about with the Chiefs. The My power rating for the Vikings being lower is because I want to be against the Chiefs, or excuse me, against the Vikings in like 80% of the time, right? Whether it like them being a road favorite by five, like last week, them being a home favorite by three and a half, them being a pick em against a good, you know, playoff caliber team. That's none of these situations, right? This is a just don't like completely blow it here. Like don't completely <laughs> screw this up to the point where like you're down two touchdowns late in the game. Because honestly, if I think they're, I don't, I don't even think they'll be down 10, but if they are down 10, like, I actually feel pretty good about them coming back and getting a getting a score. And by the way, how many times do we see the Chiefs like they did this weekend? Like they're content to win by three, and a team that is that content to win by three, who wins by three as frequently as the Chiefs do, they're a bad bet to win by more than that because they are not. This isn't James Franklin of Penn <laughs> State, right? Like dying to cover a spread, yeah, you know, so that he for his boosters for his boosters before he gets housed by Michigan and Ohio State every year. Right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Not, you know, anyway, bit of a diverging there. Diverging. No, no, no. It's it's allowed, man. It's allowed. Um, that's what we do. It happens. Uh, so yes, another week of me riding the Chiefs. We know this happens. Um, the Titans. Move on to the Titans, who are at the Colts. This game's at a pick'em, and the Colts. Anthony Richardson, super frisky last week, leading the comeback. They almost pulled off the epic comeback. Last week, we discussed the difference of how much better their offense looks with Anthony Richardson, obviously over Gardner Minshew. Just different dynamics. Uh -huh. um, we also discussed last week, though, my love for Vrabel. And just, you know, I sometimes I'm just riding with coaches here, and we talked about how they would be ready to face the Bengals and Joe Burrow not being able to move. And you're not going to do that against you're not going to surprise a Mike Vrabel defense. This obviously is a little different. This game being a pick is a little different. I'm interested to hear about the line movement involved in this game so far, but in just a straight pick game, I'm going to take the Titans here on the road and just win baby win Titans defense Titans pedigree. I feel like they'll have something for Richardson here, the rookie QB and yeah, give me the Titans. Yeah, so first of all, it's starting to creep your way where we've got more, it's more of a Titans minus one situation. Um, whether you win or lose, you know, minus one or pick them, like I don't know that it's going to make that much of a difference per se. I will say this is what the Colts, right? They lose that game last week, but like I'm going to have a hard time the rest of the year not thinking of that game and thinking that they won the game <laughs> because they were really impressive in, in strange as it sounds like in getting down to the Rams in a game after a jump and hug game, right? The, the infamous uh, Ravens. Ravens fiasco of, uh, of 2023. And, and I can understand not being sort of up and ready to go necessarily for that game, but the fact that they sort of kept with it, kept going and you watch uh, the offense with Shane Steichen, and you can really see the Eagles in what they do offensively. In a lot, in, in a kind of a weird way. Obviously, the talent isn't the same. Listen, if they had AJ Brown running around out there <laughs> for the Colts, like now we're talking, right? Like yeah. same thing with Devonte Smith, right? Like if they had those two guys, now you'd really see the Eagles in it. Like that's 
you know, mm -hmm. sad but true. This is what the Colts are missing. But what they are missing is I think they have a better plan offensively than the Eagles do because I think Shane Steichen might be actually really good. Now, that shouldn't be like this crazy thing to say given how good the offense for the Eagles has been the last couple of years. It's a crazy thing for me to say as Shane Steichen used to be the offensive coordinator of the Chargers and for my money, he was dreadful. <laughs> but something happens when you go to work for the Chargers where you become like 27% dumber every time, you know, for every it's day that you, that you work there. It's a very strange thing. Uh, where you're just constantly running fourth and one dives directly into into the line, or From a quarterback, or a quarterback. <laughs> well, I don't even mind that. I just mind that you've got your you know quarterback with an oven mitt on one hand <laughs> trying trying a, a a quarterback sneak. But you see the design plays, and it's like when they are trailing or with the two point conversion plays, right? Like those yeah. things weren't even close to failing. Like these are that is easy money for this team. And so, like, think about it, like, the difference between them and, like, the commanders, for example, right? Where, like, the commanders are, like, you know, shocked and appalled that you'd even suggest that they'd go for two because their guys are tuckered out as if the defense wasn't equally tired or as if they weren't, you know, tired when they scored a touchdown from, you know, 15 yards out to, to tie that game yeah. or to, to clo come close to tying that game. So, and I just watched the Colts and I was like, man, this is actually really impressive. And it's a home game and you could kind of tell that that franchise has some energy and when you compare it to last year where everything was just an abject disaster where they scored to make it like it was a 23 to 8 and like the place is going nuts and you're just like is this the touchdown to tie it or is this a touchdown <laughs> to make it a 15 point game like when you're yeah. kind of watching like what's this. happening here yeah this is the first touchdown not the third touchdown like when i was re-watching this game yesterday and so i gotta tell you i'm really really impressed with the colts and when I look at the Titans, it's like, you know, it's everybody's so back and forth of the Titans. Like, God, Ryan Tannehill's horrendous. He can't do a thing. And then the next week they go home and they beat the Chargers and he's, and he's pretty efficient. And then the next week they go on the road and they just can't do a thing against the Browns. They're like, God, this guy's awful. And all of a sudden the Bengals, as we talked about how crazy of a rating and a point spread, you know, mix that went into that game. And then it's like, yeah, then they just, des they destroy the Bengals. But like, we talked about this, man. Like the, the defensive plan for Joe Burrow is really, really easy right now because he oh, cannot yeah. move, right? And oh, they yeah. can take him off the injury report all they want. And they can just and we can just say that this is just Joe Burrow's existence right now. <laughs> he doesn't have a calf injury. He just has like he just comes with it, right? Yeah. Like it's like, you know, batteries not included, batteries are included. Unfortunately, his batteries are a mangled leg. And like that's kind of a really easy game plan to just watch on Monday, be like, okay, he can't do this, this, and this. Let's do this to stop that. And isn't it like the exact opposite here against the Colts where it's like, oh, Anthony Richardson can do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And like Shane Steichen's kind of a smart enough guy that like if the plan is to just run the ball over and over again, like he knows that's not going to work against Tennessee's defense. And so like, I just go like, this is such a different setup than when the Titans are successful, where it's like, okay, we'll take it. We know we're smarter than the Chargers. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like yeah. we know that. And we know what to do against Joe Burrow right now and the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And those are both home games. And then they go on the road and it's like, man, we didn't have anything for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he crumbled yeah. in the face of Deshaun Watson. It's like, I kind of... You know, I kind of think this is just a, a bad matchup for a Titans team that, like, 
again, I think they're going to keep scooping up victories here and they might finish, you know, nine and eight. And, you know, who knows? That might be good enough to win this division or it might be good enough to make the playoffs. And obviously a lot of this stuff, especially in the back end of the season, comes down to injuries and like who's still, you know, capable, you know, speaking of the Bengals, right? Like, I just think in this situation here, like, this isn't the same sort of way that Mike Vrabel hangs in, in a, a, you know, as an underdog, right? Yeah, like, yeah, takes yeah. advantage of the thing that you, you know, that you're kind of, um, you know, the broken part about your offense. This is the kind of thing where it's like, man, he's just going to be sitting there going like, God, I don't really know what we have for this, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know what we got to do. Because the last time the Titans faced the Eagles-style offense – it was against the Eagles last year and they got their absolute brains beat in, right? So like from a schematic standpoint, they don't really have an answer for it. Now, again, the Colts are never going to be as good as the Eagles as long as the talent isn't necessarily there. But like the Colts have some like a factory assembly line of t- giant tight ends that are just constantly wide open. Another gentleman who I, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, but like, I was like, who's this fellow who looked like, you know, was, he had some Mo Alley Cox vibes, but it was a completely different dude. He's <laughs> just like running free and he's a giant and just people are bouncing off of him. And it's yeah. like, where do they find these guys? Right. But the point is, is like, they have the talent, they have as much talent as they can kind of have right now. And they're able to use that as much as they possibly can. And they're doing a really nice job with it. So you're like, yeah, it was a weird win two weeks ago against the Ravens, but honestly, like, kudos to them of course Matt Gay had to go and miss a field goal like immediately to to start the game indoors this week like how annoying was that but I was so mad I was actually watching that at as it (laughs) happened and I was like yeah 47 indoors nope can't be done 53 outdoors five times yeah absolutely (laughs) just ridiculous so yeah I mean if that doesn't sort of sum up like the weirdness of the NFL dealing with the NFL. I don't know what is, but just, you know, when I look at this game, I just kind of really like the Colts in the, yeah. in the circumstance. No, I got you, man. I got you, man. I'm, I'm on the Titans barely, but it, the funny thing from what you said there was like, everyone's going to be nine. Like you're saying, they'll probably be nine and eight. I'm like, at this point, I feel like the whole league's going to be nine and eight or eight and nine. Right. Yeah. And that's just where we're going that's here. Dream. Cause there's like a couple teams that are kind of good. And then everyone else. Um, yeah. We keep the train moving, though, with the Ravens and the Steelers. Ravens, three-and-a-half-point road favorites here. And my initial thought here, I'm going to be honest, my initial thought is the hook, the hook, the hook, the hook, home dog Steelers, Mike Tomlin's going to do his whole Mike Tomlin thing. This is They've looked horrible the last couple weeks. And maybe there's a world in which we get Trubisky vibes and he might actually be able to do something that Pickett could not do clearly because it's not like they need much. It's not like they need much, but yeah, I look at this and the Ravens. I know the Ravens are clicking. This is one where I'm trying to talk myself off of, okay, we saw what the Ravens did last week, but that might've been more based off of, Whoever that dude was playing quarterback for the Browns. UCLA's Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah. He was doing the most. And by yeah. the most, yeah. I mean the least. <laughs> and the Ravens took advantage of that. Hey, no problem. A win's a win. But now, as we come into this game, this is just me doing the classic AFC North. You're giving me the extra, you're giving me the hook over a field goal. Give me the Steelers plus three and a half points. I can't say that I love it, but this is just one where I'm trying to like, not overhype the Ravens yet. Right. 
yet. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm with you here. I like the Steelers in this game, and it's and the Steelers are a roller coaster as far as like what is the market think of this team? What am I supposed to think of this team? And how are those two things, you know, sort of convergent or divergent? And you know, I just kind of right now, I think the market has them basically rated 50 out of 100, right? Like the dead nuts, <laughs> yeah. even Steven type of a team, right? Sounds and, about right. Right. And so th- I think that's important, you know, important thing to to sort of understand. Like, if does that sound about right to you versus like, do you think they're a terrible team? Do you think they're a good team? Right. And I think the idea is like, they're just kind of this really inconsistent sort of team, especially, I mean, offensively, they are bad and defensively, they are pretty good. And there's kind of only so much one side can do to screw up the other. And, you know, we, we talked last week about how they have moved from, you know, basically a pick them in that game to the Raiders two weeks ago being a three point favorite. And then how we had to like readjust our thinking. And now the Steelers were a three point favorite because it's like, oh, no, it's just, you know, the Browns and the 49ers defense like that was the problem. And then they go and they get their brakes beat off pretty pretty soundly by the Texans. And you're just like, okay. And we'll get to the Texans, but it's like, are the Texans really good? Like, like yeah. where do we this go is... with that rating, like, yeah. by the way, right? Which we'll talk about here in a second, because that's going to get loose. That's and so, the next game. <laughs> there you go, literally, <laughs> like, a second. And so, I, I'll put it this way, like, based on the fact that the Steelers were three-point favorites in that game last week on the road to Houston – and Baltimore, you know, that line obviously moved, but obviously that was because of the quarterback, you know, injury from the miscreant down to DTR and that, you know, line flipped. So that had nothing to do with the Ravens um, rating going up, you know, up yeah. or down. And honestly, I didn't move them from losing to the Colts. I've just kind of kept the Ravens pretty static because I think, you know, when you're saying like they're clicking, I would sort of more say like, by and large, we know what to expect from the Ravens, right? They, mm-hmm. they are sort of consistent. And so what I when I sort of stick them at 60 out of 100 in, in a rating, it's like I'm just kind of good with leaving them there, knowing that like sometimes, speaking of bitterness about the Ravens-Colts game, sometimes Lamar is just going to throw dimes and then sometimes it's just going to not work. And who knows what's going to happen on, on any given week. So all that is to say, like, okay, Matt, like, what number? Like, what's your number for this game? Like, what is the market? What is what would you have expected of the market? What is your mar- you know number? And my both of them are Baltimore minus one. So we got a pretty significant difference here with a key number that we're getting here with the Steelers. Okay. And this number was four and a half on open because the assumption was that Kenny Pickett wasn't going to be able to play. Now they're sort of talking like maybe there's hope that he is going to play, but the man's got a bone bruise on his knee and they have a bye week next week. So it doesn't really make any sense for him to play. So I think there's a possibility here that he gets ruled out and we go back to four or four and a half with Whiskey in. So from a like from here on forwards, let's just kind of keep our eye on that to get a bit better of a number. Mm-hmm. But like you know, you can do the whole thing about Steelers and Ravens. Like it always comes down to three points. It's like honestly, I don't hate that from a theoretical standpoint here. But like more, by and large here, like I'm not bumping the Ravens up based on what they did last week. I didn't buy bump them down from what they did the week before that. Yeah. And the Steelers, like yeah, I could knock them down, but like how much do I have to knock them down? because of last week mm-hmm. to get to where minus three and a half on the Ravens on the road makes sense to me is, is just too much. So whether you think it's minus one or it should be minus two or two and a half, like you're still on the right side of the three here with yeah. the, uh, with the Steelers, as you mentioned about the hook. So yeah, like to me, this is Steelers plus three and a half. And you know, listen in any of these games, right. The underdog always has a chance to win. I think the Steelers um, are, you know, in the same boat here, especially at a money line of better than plus plus one fifty. 
And the thing too with the Steelers here, I don't, whatever the downgrade we think it could be between Pickett to Trubisky, I can't see it being that great at all. In yeah. just my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And if right? so, if that move, if they sort of hint on that move is the difference between a three and a half and a four and a half point spread, you know, a one point flip that's not necessarily on a key number. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, like that kind of makes sense to me, right? Like, uh, you know, yeah. you're not looking to go from two and a half to three and a half, but you could go from three and a half to four and a half with Trubisky being in the lineup because like yeah they're probably going to do some different stuff with him you know i'd I'd like to think um but honestly we never really like the steelers because of the offense anyway right your 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 guy mac canada is out here signing up for burner accounts with his work you know email address like you know (laughs) speaking of guys like that we shouldn't really be trusting (laughs) right (laughs) ron rivera and mac canada like you know whether it's on the field or off like decision making man decision making like think this stuff out so i don't know anything about mac canada but i just think about like imagine if he has like teenage kids that are just like seeing the headlines they're like dad really like you could have just asked us. we would have helped you out we would have helped you figure this out listen i demand that he changes his last name because it's, it's, <laughs> it's honestly true. it's a tough scene for our great nation up north very tough seed for sure um yes yeah, so steelers plus three and a half is the pick there let's keep it moving we talked about the tight titans the texans pardon me and houston is in atlanta atlanta favored at home by two points and you talked about it just now the Texans, what do we do with this team? I thought they had a really good win a couple weeks ago against the Jags. Cool. It was like, great story. Maybe D'Amico Ryan's figuring some stuff out, but it'll be a tough matchup for them against the Steelers. And then they just dog walk the Steelers. Um, coming into this game, I'm interested in like what the line is here because I don't know what I saw from the Falcons last week that would make me think that they should be laying points against, I don't want to say anyone, but sure. definitely not against a Texans team that I think is might actually be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Falcons might be pretty good, right? Falcons laid a huge egg. And I don't know this at bare minimum, the Texans team is frisky, right? Bare minimum. And I normally year in, year out, if you've been following this pod for a while, Texans have every year been a team. I love betting on when they're underdogs and normally they're getting like massive, massive spreads. And now we're at two. I'll still take that because I think they could win this game outright. So give me the Texans plus two. Yeah, they could win the the game outright. And I always sort of talk about the idea of like, okay, follow the you know the market ratings. You know, build your stuff based on you know what the point spreads for all of these games are, right? And so obviously we just had it. The most recent data point is a three point home, not even two and a half. I guess there was sort of you know a lot of two and a halfs in that game, but a two and a half point home underdog to a team that we just pretty much agreed was a fifty out of a hundred, like a, just a meh type of a team, right? So you're going to sort of make that market rating. Now I always also say. If you're going to be, you don't need to be like way out on a limb on a team, right? Like if I said to you, hey, like, what do you think of the Texans here? And you were like, I love them. And I'd be like, <laughs> okay, like, what do you, what, you know, what is your sort of your own rating for the team? And you don't even have to tell me like why you like them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, if, and, and you're like, I have them as a 65 out of 100. And you're like, well, the market's got them at about a 30. So like, you're getting a little wild by putting yeah. them basically in like a conference, you know, conference final type of a uh, type of a level there. Right. Like, yeah. You don't have to say that there's, you know, you don't have to go nuts with that. You can just be like, well, I think they're about a 40. And because everybody thinks they're a 30, you're always going to 
show value on the Texans. You're always going to be able to bet on the Texans every week, and you're going to be able to win money on your opinion. And your opinion didn't have to be like a full-blown psychotic episode, right? Where you're just like, I love the Texans, right? So it's like, okay, that's kind of where I am with the Texans with regards to like, yeah, I think they're better than the market. Like we talked about it before the season. It's like, yeah, I think they're better, you know, a little bit better than the market does. Like, I'm, you know, I just don't know what I'm supposed to bet when it comes to the Texans. Cause like division seems a little far fetched. Mm-hmm. Like their, to- their win total is, was, you know, what, five and a half, something Yeah, five <laughs> and a half. And you're like, Oh, that's three more than last year. Like that's going to ask a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, if you feel good about them, that's cool. Then, you know, you're, you're off and running with an over five and a half. So so I say that all, all that to say, by the way, like I also wasn't psyched about the Falcons, right? We're sitting here with a pretty good number on the Bucks to win the AFC, or excuse me, the NFC South mm-hmm. at like eight to one. And they are currently <laughs> like plus 150 to win that division after going on the road and knocking off the favorite in that division, the Saints, right? Yeah. So like feeling pretty good about not loving the Saints that much, feeling really good about not loving the Falcons. Like people were throwing money out of, out of car windows this year to like bet on the Falcons to do things. And here we are. And the market rating for this, even though I've, you know, you dropped the Falcons to a point where again, last week they were neutral site fav- uh, underdogs against the Jaguars. And we've moved the Texans up mm-hmm. and the market still sort of says minus two and a half for the Falcons. Okay. So that's why if you're going like, how is this, how is this minus two? And, uh, or excuse me, my ratings say two and a half for, mm-hmm. for this. Right. And so I that's me, that's the market catching up to where I felt with the, you know, how mm-hmm. the Falcons were, you know, weren't that great. And the Texans were a little bit better than everybody thought. Now, if you just go based off of point spreads of the market, yeah. do you know what the number quote unquote should be for this game? Five Atlanta minus five. Like that's the, wow. that, that's the thought that you know has gone in like think about it this way the falcons were three and a half three three and actually i think it closed three at detroit two weeks ago correct yeah two weeks ago now i understand like obviously things happen they get housed by detroit they get beat pretty comfortably by the jags people go like whoa 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 let's back it up Mm -hmm. right but i'm just i'm just telling you right two weeks ago this was a this was set to be minus five or maybe even (laughs) something higher than that because listen the texans hadn't beaten the jaguars either and you know obviously hadn't beaten the the steelers and they you know they come off they just gotten come off getting housed by the colts now listen i like the colts as much as the next guy but like getting blown out by gardner Minshew is not a good look so Mm. uh, you know so this opens three on Sunday night, and obviously everybody who thinks the same way that you're thinking, and then I'm, you know, in a lot of ways I'm thinking, gobbles up the plus three, and that lasts. You're literally like watching it leave, evaporate. And, you know, it, I'm it, sad it, that I missed it. Just it, listening to you I, right now, I was watching it. And I was like, three. God, I really, you know, it's. I really don't, th- and then it's gone, right? Like, I, <laughs> like, hop, like, just take like five seconds. It's just gone, and then they goes down to like almost to a pick'em. And then that's where it goes, where you look at some of these numbers as you're plugging this stuff in and you're like, market five, me two and a half. Like, I got to bet the Falcons in this game. Like, you kind of get like bummed <laughs> out about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not a team I'm looking to get you. But like, then you just kind of sit back and you go like, well, isn't that happens. what the NFL is though? It's like, 
we all get excited off of like one or two games yep. completely reframe how we feel about a player right stroud went from like oh i don't know like not looking great through the first two games to like well wait a second like he's actually played pretty good in those two games not throwing interceptions and then that's turned into to wins on the field and so it's like okay well is it just going to be smooth sailing for the texans on their run to like the playoffs <laughs> and, those, and, the, and the psychotic guy who was like saying that I think they're a 60. Are they going to be a 60? Like, maybe they're gonna just going to be a 60. Like, Shout out to my guy, D'Amico. That, yeah, like, maybe D'Amico's just got them running right up to, like, a better-than-average team. But it's like, how many times does that actually happen? Or is it more likely that, like, it's just going to kind of be pretty good one week and not so good the next week. Yeah. And, and it's going to be the same way for the Falcons who like comfortably beat the Panthers. Obviously they had the comeback against the Packers, both home games. And then like, if you would, you know, if I'd said to you, Hey, like they're going to Detroit and then they're going to London and like mm-hmm. neither game is going to go well. Like, would you be like, what the, f- not, not the Falcons. Like how yeah. I never would have believed that. Like, no, you'd be like, Oh, okay. Like, that probably makes sense, but it's like, guess what? They get to come home and play the Texans in week five. Yeah. And I tell you what, it's going to be under a field goal and we're going to get that value quote unquote, because of those two previous performances, you'd probably be sitting there without having seen those two performances being like, yeah, okay, let's circle that. Let me, give me the Falcons minus two. Right. And that's just kind of, and it's always going to be uncomfortable because that's how betting works. Right. Where like mm-hmm. the most uncomfortable bets are the right ones. And so I'm sitting here telling you, I'm going to be uncomfortable about it, but I'm sitting here telling you, I think the Falcons have to be the play here because this is going to be one of those games where the Texans lose. And they're like, yeah, we kind of got a little too high too you know, too big in our, <laughs> yeah. on our britches or whatever. Right. And it's just yeah. like, that's the way the NFL works and there's not you know there's not a bunch of these every week there might not even be one of them every week but like this kind of feels like that one where like the right side is the falcons here and it's maybe it's in the form of a young way coup like overtime kick for the win you know it's probably going to be a close game but like this is just a different setup like in a dome road game for the texans that they haven't really had this year from a successful standpoint no i got you i got you uh Texans will be in tough for sure. This is kind of a, I'm looking at this as a show me game. Let me see what you're really about here, Texans, as I will still be on Houston plus two. As we switch gears here to a team that I will definitely not be on, which is the New York football giants. I'm not sure when I'll be on the giants again. And I understand this is a big timeline as the dolphins are favored by 11 points at home. But I'm going to be honest with you. This is just a fade of the giants. Daniel Jones, I don't I don't understand the Giants at all. I actually turned off. I was on the Seahawks on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And I turned the game off and went to bed. <laughs> I don't know in all the time before that we or after the Jones other. pick six. Uh after. Okay. After. Yeah. After is after is yeah. completely reasonable. That game was over. After. Okay. Um, but I'm saying though, in the time that we've known each other, I don't yeah. know if I've ever done that on a primetime game. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, I'm pretty confident that this game yeah. is a wrap. I've seen enough here, right? Yeah. Like later, Daniel Jones. Um, yeah. And I understand. Okay, potential. That's going to be, you know, as bad as they're going to get. They could come back here. But I just feel like the Dolphins now, coming off a bad win themselves, I feel like the Dolphins meeting up with the Giants, prime for a bounce back game. Yeah. 11 
is a weird number. I get it. It's more than 10. But I have more faith that if one of these teams are going to bounce back in a big way as they should after tough losses, it's going to be the Miami Dolphins offense. And the Giants, I don't know what their offense is. I really don't after all these weeks. So give me the Dolphins laying the 11 points at home. Yeah, I mean, what am I going to do? Sell you on the Giants? Like, <laughs> I, I, and I'm not saying like, yeah, no, I, Dolphins, I, like, let's do it. But it's like, you're no, right, man. Like, it. of all the teams to me, you know to mess with here, you know, we talked about off the top of the show, right? Like the the uh, unseasonably warm conditions. If you're the Giants, man, you're going short week. You're gonna go stand on that sideline in Miami. Yeah. On the sunny side while they're in the shade. After you're probably hung over from a Saturday night at live. Oh, well, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I'm I mean, joking. I don't know. Would you be able I'm to joking. Tell? Would you be able to tell whether the Giants are hung over drunk or like, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't be able to tell by their play. I mean, it's stupid Sorry. play after stupid play after stupid play. I'm gonna double down on something stupid I just said here and take us on a stupid tangent for a second here. Can okay. we retire the Odell Beckham Jr. photo on the boat? Like this has nothing. What's happening now has nothing to do with that team. I keep seeing it every single week. Like the Giants' record since this photo was taken. It's like, what are we talking about right now? Like it's just so ridiculous and so dumb because the two things have nothing to do with each other. But I guess with it being in Miami, that's what made me think about it. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had anything to add to that, but I just, I just kind of. There's don't. that wasn't uh, really the point. <laughs> <Very funny. laughs> um. Yeah, man. And listen, you know, I talked about this, you know, last week or, or week before that, right, where it's like, you know, and applied to the 49ers, but for whatever reason, the Chiefs, you know, tanked at the end of the, the second half of, of, or at least the yeah. post 17 to nothing portion of, of that game, where, you know, like more and more, like, like the NFL is like college, where like, I mean, just the, the fact that they scored, that, that eight, any team was able to score 70 points in a week was like, that's a college football score. Yeah. Right. Like that's Georgia just beating up on, you know, Miami mm -hmm. of Ohio or something. Right. And so the idea that like 11 is a lot of points against a team like the Giants who like literally do nothing correctly. Um, you shouldn't be as, as sort of scary as when it's the bad team who's like trying hard. Whereas like, I, you know, I'm sure the Giants would say that they're trying hard, but like, yeah, man, if they are trying hard, like that's actually kind of even more of a bummer than anything else. So, yeah, like you're going to get the best, I think, performance from the Dolphins. You're going to get the added element of them being in the shade and the Giants being out in the sun. You're going to get the added element of that not really being a comfortable situation for the Giants because it's not like they're a hot weather team. All they do is play primetime games in temperate weather because <laughs> like for and some reason lose. because every time the giants make the playoffs no matter how bad the team is we have to then see them seven times a year in prime time for the next like four years as if like we can't just think for ourselves and realize that daniel jones stinks everybody <laughs> on the team stinks saquon barkley's pretty good but i'm sorry you're running back you're just not going to be that effective relative to like actually winning and losing games like maybe to the point where you win nine games which again somehow they did last year which even as it was happening was like a very sort of fluky thing as we were watching but we were just kind of like Ride the wave, like, mm -hmm. let's do it. Take getting points all the time and winning these games outright. Like, it's cool. And it's just like, yeah, but like, when you're playing more than 17 games for a sample size, like, stuff's going to end up happening here, right? And so one of these things is like the offensive line is going to get hurt. Speaking of, you know, like if the theme is like coaches doing dumb stuff where the, to the point where we can't trust them, like, 
running the stupid tush push play with a guy with a twig leg Daniel Jones. Like, I can understand he's a big guy, but like I'm not looking for him to like move the pile, right? Like everybody tries to do this, and I watch every game in college on Saturday, every single game, just turning on third and fourth and ones that were failed tush push attempts. Like quarterback <laughs> sneak it, but spread everybody out when you do it. Right, yeah. like get into a four wide receiver deal where you're actually creating space along the offensive line. The whole tush push thing is like, hey, we're doing this and you can't stop it. And the only team that can do that is a with a quarterback who squats a billion pounds. Right, yeah. like the guy is literally a He's championship jacked. weightlifter in high <laughs> in high school. Right, like what? What makes you think any of these guys are able to do the same thing? Like, oh, because we have a running back pushing him from behind. Oh, the hundred and sixty pound like guy that you're that that is hired to literally run in space is going to push the quarterback through a like a pile of three hundred pound dudes. Like, it's not. It shouldn't be banned. Right. Because it's not like anybody other than the Eagles can actually do it. Right. You have to keep the Eagles out of third and one out of fourth and one. That's how you stop it. It shouldn't be banned. Anyway, so they, they run this play without even practicing it. They're like, oh, we did it through like walkthrough as if like literally every other play is a better idea through walkthrough than this. Right. Like this play as just a walkthrough is like. I don't even have a, I don't have a comp it's, for it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You know sense. what I mean? Like, and of course, two guys get injured on the offensive line. Yeah. And it's like, oh, those guys stunk. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? Their replacements are going to be terrible. And so I don't know if Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, comes back in this game, but like, or, or these guys who were hurt on the on the quarterback sneak come back. But like, they had those guys when the Cowboys did the exact same thing that the Seahawks did as far mm-hmm. as like rushing Daniel Jones and sacking him a million times. Right. And so, you know, whether Jalen Phillips comes back or it's just, you know, Bradley Chubb or whomever for the, for the dolphins, right. Like, I don't care. It could be, you know, come up with 1972 dolphins defensive linemen mm-hmm. and they could probably come out there and sack the hell out of the giants. So like, listen, I'm not dying to lay 11 with, with the dolphins necessarily, but like, could you be, would you be shocked if this game was 35 to six? I wouldn't. Right. Should be crazy. Should be a crazy one for sure. As it is most of the time when you watch the New York giants, cause we get them a lot in primetime, not a primetime game, which I'm not mad about. Gotta be honest. Cause it's good to, you know, spread the wealth a little here from the New York teams. Um, speaking of, we got the Saints and the Patriots. Patriots minus one and a half home favorites here against the Saints of New Orleans. I'm not really sure what to make of both of these teams, but I do know that both of their quarterback play have been abysmal. Derek Carr is still Derek Carr. It was just weird watching Derek Carr sit in the pocket, sit in the pocket, take sacks, not be able to do anything. Then you got Mac Jones, who I feel like literally gave the game away to the Cowboys, right? Like if they, if if the Patriots had any chance of keeping that game close, wasn't it? There might've been a couple plays in between, but didn't my guy go like pick six, a sack strip sack touchdown, like, on consecutive possessions like it's just what are you doing and the sequence bingo bingo card i don't know if i've ever seen this in the nfl before a quarterback run to one side of the field throw it across his body to the other end of the field they actually make the completion gets away with it 
gets away with it. Instead of considering myself lucky, what does my guy do? Oh, let me try that again. Yeah, that's our best offense. <laughs> it's like what what is happening? Like I want it. I want. I wish we had like the unfiltered. There's some dude to NFL films that has Bill Belichick mic'd up. Yeah, that like we'll never get to hear. That guy has all the jokes, right? Yeah, (laughs) he gets all the jokes just hearing Bill Belichick just rip this guy to shreds. How am I sitting on my couch being like, "Where's Zappy?" That's an actual thing that I'm saying watching that game. Yeah. Anyways, I say all that to say Patriots are point and a half favorites. I guess I'm taking the Patriots in this game. I can't really say that I like it because there's not much to like from either of these teams. Patriots had injuries on their defense last week as well. Don't know how that's going to look. But it's like, if the Patriots are just going to lose, like, is it tank season yet? I mean, that is like the chess version of this season, right? Where it's like, you just look and you see the writing on the wall and you go, there are too many good quarterbacks. There are too many better quarterbacks coming out of college right now than what we have on the roster. I'm saying mm-hmm. like if you're if you're Bill Belichick here, right? And it's so funny, like your impassioned, you know, recap essentially of, Sorry. of of Mac Jones, and then just being like, "Yep, taking the Patriots." Like that's how bad it is for the Saints right now, right? Correct. Like it's like we'll do the Patriots, you know, spiel, and then we'll say like, just copy and paste that and have it just be a little bit worse for the Saints. And honestly, like, yeah. isn't that what this line is all about, right? Because we talked last week about, like, one and a half being essentially home field advantage these days. Yep. It's literally, like, these two teams stink. Neither of the quarterbacks. Like, at least these quarterbacks, like, you thought they might be good. Now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're on year, like, 10 of being like, well, Derek Carr, sometimes. And it's just like, you know, check down City. Like, you know, he becomes Andy Dalton. And, like, you know, again, it's all Spider-Man memes, right, of all these quarterbacks just yep. kind of being awful. So, I mean, I'm sure he's yeah. a good locker room guy, though. Who, like, but like, yeah, who are you supposed to take in this <laughs> game, right? Like, it's just like, well, I don't know about the Patriots. Like, okay, so the Saints, and it's like, well, no, I didn't say that, <laughs> right? So, yeah, like, if the, if anything, the Patriots seem to be still trying. Like, they picked up JC J. Jackson today from the Chargers because they tried <laughs> to have the first ever all Jones secondary. Um, and, and that didn't somehow work out with, you know, Jonathan Marcus and I'm forgetting another J- Jones, um, but all the Joneses on the, on the Patriots, except for honestly, the one that you might want to see miss some time. Uh, all the Joneses on their secondary are out. Judon's out. And it's like all of that put together. You're still like, yes, yeah, probably still a Patriots three point win. You know, it's like bad team at home. Like this sets up like the jets game two weeks ago. Feel free to you know, does. Yeah, just go through the schedule last year where it's just like any team of like mediocrity or worse going in there. Like, I, honestly, except for you know Justin Fields and the Bears, it was just like, yep, short, you know, small victory there. Yeah, yeah, okay, two point victory, three point victory, punt return, you know, at the at the death, you know, victory, overtime victory. It's like, yeah, it's probably just the same story. And it's probably going to be enough that people are going to be like, well, you know, the Patriots, they might be able to hang with, you know, fill in the blank team they play next week. And next week, oh, dear God, I just looked at it. They play the they play Vegas next week. And they <laughs> so they go back to the site of the uh, the insane lateral from. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. From last year. Oh, God, what a scene that was. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of this New England team. I think fundamentally everybody just keeps giving Bill Belichick the the benefit of the doubt. And it's like. 
I don't know. I feel like we'd make in a lot of money, man, if we had just been like, you know what? After Tom Brady left, <laughs> yeah, it was a sell. It was, it was a, a sell, yeah. right? But like, no, I hear you. Like you said, it's like okay, I'm gonna probably bet the Patriots this week, and I'm probably gonna be sitting there like hoping Matt Jones, Mac Jones, finally like completes a pass to a receiver. Like just hand the ball down, man. Just hand but it's the like ball. that's not working either because Ramonde Stevenson's like two and a half yards per carry right now. And it's like, oh, they just worked the run game. It's like, well, the run game stinks too. So, you know, I, again, I don't know what to make of it. But, yeah, I think it's oh, it's probably nothing but Patriots if you have to. Remember when Let Zeke Cook was a thing on online? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had crazy flashbacks to like that being a real thing. Let Zeke Cook. Well, it's like we're just wow. running out of answers. I know. Right? I know. Like, what do we I do? I know. I know. Um, yeah. So on the Patriots at minus one and a half, moving on to the Panthers at the Lions. Lions at home and nine and a half point favorites. The 0-4 Panthers. I mean, they kind of kept it close a little bit. Last week and they then won that just, game. you know, yeah, should have won that game. Couldn't couldn't make it happen. No, the, I can't believe that I'm seeing a line of the Lions laying nine and a half points, and I also can't believe that I'm laying nine and a half points with the Lions. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna need you here to talk me out of this because that's just where I'm at here, looking at the lines. And while I think their offense is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, they put points up on the board week after week. Their defense is okay. You know, they get some pressure with the front, with their defensive front for sure. This is more so just like, I need to see signs of life from the Panthers that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. And the thing about the Panthers, right, where it's like, you know, we've talked before about the idea that like when a wide receiver goes up against a really good corner, we do the thing where it's like, well, he's going to get locked down like Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. It's going to lock him down. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know what? But the wide receiver is really good too. So like Ramsey will probably win a few battles, but the receiver will probably win a few battles too. Like it's not going to be one of these deals, like a Revis Island situation where we're just never going to see that, you know, receiver fill in the blank receiver, like ever again in, in the game. And so it's kind of like that, but with bad defenses where like, yeah, bad defenses, like it's going to be ugly against like good offenses, but it's not going to make bad offenses any good. And so I think Mm -hmm. we saw that last week with the Panthers where it's like, even if you decided that the lions were a bad defense, I don't even know if that's necessarily true per se, but like I watched them at home against the Vikings defense. and I know the Vikings are, you know, are a bad defense and like, did not matter because the Panthers offense is that bad. And so I just sort of look at this and I go, you know, we talked last week about, you know, the idea that the Panthers might have some success because if you took away all the million false starts that they had against Seattle the week before, they should be able to move the ball a little bit better. Of course, that was Andy Dalton. And I honestly, I think the Panthers are better with Andy Dalton than they are with Bryce Young, but they're never going to put, you know, Andy Dalton in unless Bryce Young gets hurt. And Bryce Young is not currently hurt. So he's going to play in this game and the Panthers are going to go into this loud dome situation and they're going to fall start a million times and they're going to put themselves behind the eight ball. Meanwhile, the lions are going to do lions things, which in this case is like grind your face right off on offense. And they're going to hit big plays because you're getting kicked in the teeth over and over again by David Montgomery, sprinkling in a little Jameer Gibbs and they're going to win this game going away. I'm more confident that they're going to win that they're going to, win this game by 20 points then i am the dolphins are going to beat the giants by 20 points which is like you know the way people think of the dolphins again i think they're a good team too and the way that people think of the giants and yes i think the giants stink too like 
is kind of a might be sort of a weird thing to say that you think the Lions of all teams are going to like blow a team out. But like mm-hmm. honestly, the more you look at the Lions, you just go, you know, I know people sort of shrugged their shoulders and were like maybe kind of, you know, furrowed their brow about the draft last year where it's Jameer Gibbs and you're drafting a running back in the first round and a like middle like off ball linebacker. Like, what are you doing that for? Honestly, the Lions are literally just drafting these two positions, using them for five years, not re-signing them, and then just using other capital for the fringes, right? Where the where the stuff where you want a guy, a guy for a longer period of time. And when they're drafting the Sam Laportas of the world and mm-hmm. the uh, branch, you know, the nickel corner uh, from Alabama of the world. And it's like, those are guys that you're going to want for 10 years. And the first four years are going to be super, super cheap because they're apparently really good at picking players, which is why their offense and now defensive lines are so good. And yeah. so you just look at it and you're like, they're just going to hammer this Panthers team to the point where like, it's just going to be too much. The Panthers are going to be in third and long constantly because they can't <laughs> run the football. They're yeah. going to jump off, you know, a false start. And this game is just going to get away from them. And the lions are probably going to win this game by not even giving up more than 10 points. I got you, man. I got you. We're aligned there for sure. We keep things moving with the Bengals at the Cardinals. Bengals favored by three points on the road here. And the cards got run over by the Niners. But I I want to give the cards some credit because they didn't just fold. They kind of came back. They made it a little spicy. They made Christian McCaffrey have to score even more touchdowns <laughs> than he already had in that game. But either way, Bengals as road favorites it's tough to see and i I get this line is probably as you talked earlier about the markets and where the markets have certain teams i still feel like we're trying to figure out or the market is trying to figure out who the cardinals are i look at this game and i think the cardinals as home dogs in this i kind of love this matchup even if the Bengals win this game it'll be very very close if you're telling me i can get three points i'm gonna take those chances with the cardinals who have looked frisky who have looked spicy versus a Bengals team that quite frankly has not yeah honestly you're bang on man as far as like the Cardinals and stuff is concerned I honestly it's the same situation as the Texans right where it's like you've been told all summer and obviously this isn't we didn't just make this stuff up like we've been told this all summer because of last year and maybe even the year before that that these teams are bad that they're going to be bad etc etc but you know what they change coaches they go into the draft and you know in the case of you know one of the teams they get two draft picks in the first like five right and then the other team is like clearly building and we think that okay it's probably going to be next year that they kind of get that talent influx but they pick up josh dobbs who at this point is like might be the top half of the league as far as like quarterbacks are concerned and they find a steal in michael wilson from in the wide receiver position and so you can't anymore go you know, uh, I don't think they have any weapons because you look around and it's Marquise Brown, Rondell White, and who in the answer to that is Michael Wilson. And if he had a more fun name, right, <laughs> then we'd all be like, yeah, this guy's awesome rookie. Like he'd be in the top five for like rookie of the year because like it seems like he scores a touchdown every week. But because he's Michael Wilson and he feels like he's a guy who's been in the league for seven years for three different teams, you forget that, no, he's actually just a rookie. <laughs> and, it, you know, I don't, you know, if his name was Sheldon Alexander, it would be more fun. You know, or if his name was Matt Russell, it'd be more fun. It's like, well, those two names aren't even all that exciting either, but they're still more exciting than Michael (laughs) Wilson. Right. And so, so all that is to say, like, yeah, we're moving the Cardinals up here and we're kind of like chugging along and, 
you know, giving them some credit here, there, whatever. And damn, were they ever close to covering that game. But like I said last week, like it was a tough matchup with regards to the Christian McCaffrey's of the world. And I think you're right about the idea that like, I don't think the Bengals necessarily have that it's not like you're going to get hit with Joe Mixon over and over and over again. Like maybe you are, and they have a fundamental flaw in the fact that their offense is very easy to be, uh, be prepared for with Joe Burrow, but it comes down to, for me, this, you know, as it sort of often does, or at least it starts for me with obviously the market ratings and the Bengals have gone so far back and forth where it was like, yeah. okay, we come into the season there. Joe Burrow's fine. He's healthy. He's good. He's this team is a mid sixties out of a hundred, which is you know, literally super, you know, sort of fringe or super bowl caliber team. If you show me anything, you're going to be up in the seventies with the chiefs and the Eagles and the 49ers, et cetera. Right. And then they play that bad game against their ends. They play another bad game. And you, and you go, okay, well, Joe Burrow is clearly not healthy. Then they say after game two, they go, Joe Burrow's not healthy. And the line plummets to them being just three-point favorites uh, at home against the Rams. And honestly, this is a very similar line to that, right? Mm-hmm. In that obviously it's the exact same in that they're three-point favorites. But three-point favorites at home to the Rams is a very similar type of deal as three-point favorites on the road to the Cardinals, who obviously are rated below the Rams. And honestly, who knows if that's even correct yet, but that's life in the NFL, right? We don't necessarily know for sure whether the Cardinals are better or whether the Rams are better than the Cardinals. We just sort of think that. Yeah. So the point is, is the number where if this was literally last week's rating, right? The rating for last week of two and a half, of being a two and a half point road favorite against the Titans. If that same rating was applied to this week, this would be about a seven and a half for the Bengals. So if you just switched, right, if you just switched the the games in the order, we might have had a a chance to bet the Cardinals at plus seven and a half going into last week. Now, of course, we see the Cardinals competing against the 49ers and sort of like the world's closest, you know, 20 point loss, essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like no one's ever had a closer 20 point loss than uh, that than last week. And of course you watch the Bengals and you go like, no, it just still isn't right, obviously for, for their offense. And so now we, like I said, we fling back. Right. And it's like, it's probably somewhere in the middle. And the problem is if it's somewhere in the middle, then the Bengals minus three is probably the bet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But if it's somehow even worse than we ever imagined, it's even worse than last week or Mm. as, as bad as last week. Right, like if last week is as kind of as worse, as bad as it could possibly get, like, yeah, the Cardinals could win this game. Obviously, they could win this game, but from a valuable bet, i.e., something that we think is going to win fifty-five percent of the time, the Bengals are the play that we're supposed Good to play. make here at minus. I got gotcha. you. You know, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. And uh, as a Jamar Chase fantasy owner, I hope that would be correct. As someone making picks on this pod, I hope that is incorrect. If that. Uh, we keep it moving with the Jets at the Broncos. Broncos at home and favored by two points in this one. Um, I'm on the Jets here, plus two. The Broncos, I mean, they had a 21-point comeback against the Bears, and that had more to do with the Bears, I feel like. At least they showed some signs of life on offense and then get blown out by the Bears, which might have been more embarrassing than giving up 70 points. But hey. I mean, some might say, well, anyways, we'll leave that alone. I I won't make fun of the Broncos too, too much there, right? Zach Wilson looked functional for the 
New York Jets. And in this instance here, I still can't really back the Broncos. It was an ugly scene backing the Broncos last week. And I know I lost on the hook on the pod and then a push on the actual bet. But like, listen, I'm here on the Jets. I just look at this and I, I feel like Russ moving the ball against the Bears defense might not be the same against the Jets defense, which I think is still solid. I know it's not as hyped as it was at the start of the season, mm -hmm. but I still think that as a unit, they're still a pretty good unit. So for that reason, Zach Wilson may be gaining some confidence on Monday night under the bright lights. Give me the Jets plus two here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I don't, what I don't, I can't, man. I can't do that with the Jets. I think I, this idea that, like, I, I can't even wrap my head around the idea that, like, we could flip to a point where Zach Wilson on the road is a good idea. And Whoa. no such thing as a good idea. No. Betting on this game is not a good idea. How about that? I mean, fair. You know what I'm saying, though, right? Where it's like, we just went from, I mean, this is a Joe Namath type flip, right? Get him out of here. Want him out of the league, you know, out of the league. Oh, wait a second. Let's keep him for 10 years. It's like kind of felt like two quarters of fairy dust on that Sunday night. And I can't explain to you. It's listen, a lot of lines and a lot of line moves. I can explain to you injuries, you know, market corrections, et cetera, et cetera. I have no explanation for why the Jets took enough money to get down to seven and a half from nine and a half when we were on the you know on the pod last yeah. Wednesday before yeah, that yeah. game, because like I can I can see how you know you watch the game. Let me sort of put it this way, right? Like if I had if I didn't know the point spread and you watch the game, you go, okay, I can see how they covered nine and a half is a lot of points. It mm -hmm. takes a lot to kind of win by ten in the NFL. I can see how they'd cover. What I can't really understand and why people sort of, you know, new to this sort of think everything's fixed or there's some sort of whatever. It's like, yeah, but how did whoever bet the Jets, which obviously wasn't the mass public, was, you know, it was professional money. How did whoever bet the Jets on a number that, again, was fair based on all market ratings, et cetera. How did they know the Jets were going to have a performance better than expected and or the Chiefs are going to have a performance worse than expected because that's fundamentally what we're betting on any given yeah. week right yeah and so we're you, you go okay what's the bar and then are we saying are they going to be better or worse than expected and so even again we I keep referencing the monday game because it is so fresh and is somewhat re relatively interesting right it's like the bar got so low for the giants being two and a half point underdogs to seattle that it was like how can they possibly go underneath the bar and then somehow they go way underneath the bar. And you're just like, that's incredible that they could go, like the bar could be set so low, they could get every situation you could possibly imagine, even including the uh, the appearance of Drew Locke at one point in time. And, I know. I was right? like, whoa. And it's just like, <laughs> what else do you want to win a game? Like, I can't help you any more than this, right? Like, jeez. So anyway, the point is, is like, so Zach Wilson sort of just kind of shows up. Obviously, the defense gets a safety at 17 nothing, And you go like, you're like, how, like, you sort of watch that game going like, I kind of know the Jets are going to cover this game, but I don't know how they're going to do it. And then the safety happens and you're like, okay, but that only gets <laughs> it to 15. And then like, and it's like, okay, they get one good drive and they kind of bust a run. And it's like, okay, but that still we still have a second half to go here how are they in this like hey the jets defense does well enough and another interception gets thrown and you're like 
man, that's really uncharacteristic. Why is that uncharacteristic in this game? So my point is, is like all of that stuff sort of happens and it feels like the Chiefs played their like worst game possible. And more importantly, it felt like that was Zach Wilson's best game possible. And now you go to Denver and Denver, at least for whatever you want to feel about how they gave, how, how many points they've given up for the last two weeks, <laughs> at least there's an element of like, you know, we came back and we won that game. For and sure. Yeah. Now we go home and like, this is obviously a winnable game. They are the favorite in the game. Which they are. Seems weird. Back to back weeks is a favorite for the Broncos. Right. And what it's a like, time. After, yeah. Favorite after losing, you know, by 50 and then favored after, you know, being down a billion points to the bears. It's like, yeah, we're still just running this team out, but it's like, that's kind of the point where it's yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah. when your opponent is the jets and Zach Wilson coming on the road, it's like, you can really start to understand, you go, okay, like, yeah, what was I supposed to do? Make the Jets a one-point favorite? Like, of course not. So from a market standpoint, like I have this two and a half, like my ratings who still like aren't that psyched still about the Jets. Keep in mind, right? The Jets market rating actually went up going into that game on Sunday night, right? Yeah. Because the line goes from nine and a half to seven and a half. That's not a downgrade on the Chiefs because the Chiefs won by a billion points the week before. Yeah, yeah. And didn't have any injury issues. Yeah. So that so the market rating had to go up on the Jets. And if you're making a reason for why it went up, it was because they kept the game relatively close with the Patriots the week before, I guess, right? That's the only, literally the only case I can make for the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's the sure. weird part, right? And so like, because they go up, that's still the only reason that this is two and a half and it's two. And it's like, there's still a half point of value there. And then I go look at my ratings and I go like, I'm not, I'm not following that Jets upgrade the way that the market you know, whoever yeah. was betting that on Sunday night, I'm not following that yeah, as, yeah. A, as a long-term thing. Yeah. And so my number is three. And so if I'm getting, you know, if I'm only laying two and my number's three, and I'm theoretically think that there's a lot of the time where the Broncos win this game by three points on, by the way, like a Broncos offense that everybody was worried about from last year to this year, that has actually been pretty good. Mm-hmm. They are supposed to get, you know, Justin Simmons back. They're sort of, you know, probably their best player on defense. Maybe that makes a difference. Maybe just Zach Wilson coming to town is going to make a, de- a difference for the Denver defense. Maybe being back home for the first time in three weeks is going to make a difference for the Denver defense. That's what I have to sort of hang my hat on here. Yeah, I understand there's some excitement, I guess, about the Jets kind of hanging <laughs> in with the Chiefs, but I just don't believe that's a long-term thing yeah. based on everything that I've seen out of Zach Wilson. So, uh, yeah, I'm on the Broncos here. I actually no. like it a, a decent amount. I got you, man. And I totally understand it here. I think I'm going off like if Zach Wilson, if there's a team for Zach Wilson to look okay against, there's an offense or sorry, if there's a defense for Zach Wilson to look okay against, it might be the same one that uh, pocket passer extraordinaire Justin Fields looked okay against as well. Yeah, or at least that's what to, I'm banking on. But you have hoping. to factor in the other stuff that goes with it, right? It means, yeah, yeah, yeah. It means crowd totally. noise. It of means, course, of you know course, what I mean? Silent count. It means yeah, all that yeah, kind of communication yeah. stuff. That's Lots of other things, yeah. Not yeah. something that Zach Wilson succeeded with. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um Sunday night football, big boy matchup. We got the Cowboys at the Niners. Niners laying four points at home. The Cowboys, I think that the Cowboys, I mean, they've looked really bad at points this season, and they've looked really good at points this season. And I think last week was a point where, you know, it was very easy for them to look good. Coming into this week against the Niners, I know there's people saying the Niners haven't really played anyone, but that 
to me, it's more about what you do in said games. And if you're just stomping out teams every single week, then whatever, that's what you do. The big thing here for me in this game, as I'm taking the Niners and laying the four points, big thing here for me, okay? I feel like last week, it's Shanahan playing 3D chess, where it's like, I'm going to just smash mouth McCaffrey over and over again, knowing that the Cowboys are going to be watching this game. And then in this game, Sunday night, a week later, he's going to have counter after counter after counter for everything that he showed last week with McCaffrey. That's just, and maybe I'm giving Shanahan too much credit, but I feel like those are the games that Shanahan plays where like Debo, Kittle, nowhere to really be found last week at all. Meanwhile, just here you go, McCaffrey, here you go, here you go. And now the Cowboys are going to come in and you're going to be geared up. Not that you're not always geared up to stop McCaffrey, but you know, you're going to be geared up to try to stop McCaffrey and they're going to have all the other plays. You're going to see all their other guys. You're going to see Kittle running free magically somehow some way Niners laying four I'm on it so I mean this is widely available at three and a half I don't this I don't know this four business uh Ooh, got okay. involved and I mean there's going to be a point here I think I think that we might even see a three pop but we'll Ooh. see and that I think would be that's a buy point for me on the 49ers at, mm -hmm. at three and I think I think the more you talk about that I think you're right the thing with the 49ers, right, is there's going to be a point where the Brock Purdy stuff that somehow doesn't turn into a turnover <laughs> yep. turns into a turnover. Facts. And But the problem here for the Cowboys is, like, that was going to be uh, uh, Trevon Diggs. That was going to be his move right was to was to get that turnover and he's no longer there uh, because of his injury is ACL injury it's ACL right. Um, so it's like may I, it, the, the turnovers aren't going to be as likely to happen and therefore sort of the thing that we're kind of waiting for to hurt the 49ers is considerably less likely to happen while the line hasn't changed from how we sort of view the game, right? So it's going to be very tempting to take the Cowboys. It's going to be very tempting to take the Cowboys on the money line. There's not a lot of, you know, great sort of options this week when it comes to like mid-tier bets on the money line yeah so people are going to look at that and be like yeah i think the cowboys can, can sort of can sort of do that 49ers are honestly pretty super healthy right now right and like you mm -hmm. said they're running they've kind of been able to just use the first page of the playbook or it's just the first chapter of the playbook for what all season long so far i mean just yeah. think of some of these as you mentioned the schedule that they've dealt with and that's that's great because you don't have to use all the fun stuff. I think the kitchen sink is probably getting involved here pretty significantly <laughs> on Sunday for the 49ers because like of the games that they kind of need to win to get the buy because that's the stratosphere that they're talking about, right? Like I have a friend of mine who's a 49ers fan and he talks about like, you know, hoping the Cardinals lose or the or the Rams lose or, you know, or the, even the Seahawks lose. And it's yeah, like, yeah. man, if you're worried about those three teams – like no. you've lost the plot. Like yeah. that, this is not, this is not what this is, right? The teams you have to worry about are the Cowboys or the Eagles, whoever kind of comes out of that division. Or if the lions get buck wild and put up like a random 14 and three 
schedule, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what you have to worry about because that's the that's the league that you're playing in if you're the 49ers. You're playing in the how do we get a first round by and a and a home field throughout the playoffs situation. And like this is that game. So like do you want to be going up against the 49ers when they are going into page, you know, chapter 12 of the of the playbook and you're without your top corner? No. I don't want to do that. And the defense is healthy. And, you know, you know, by the way, the you know, 49ers haven't, again, like haven't played much as far as like opponents are concerned. And they haven't had to do any of this stuff. And they've been able to sit guys whenever they want to sit them. And like Nick Bosa is, you know, kind of full, you know, mid-season form type of thing. Like I certainly don't. So like, yeah, three and a half is going to feel like a lot of points. Mm-hmm. But Honestly, I think the 49ers win this game pretty comfortably. And as much as I would like to just start throwing the Ford, the Cowboys, excuse me, into like, you know, round robin underdog money line parlay, it's like, no, man, I want to be on the, I want to be on the 49ers side here because, you know, again, maybe we're giving too much credit to Shanahan, but like, I think he's going to have the good stuff ready on Sunday night. Yeah. And it, after like McCaffrey's third touchdown or whatever it was, I was like, ah, Hold on. Who did they play next? Oh, I see what's going on here. Okay, let's go. I'm just saying I watch too much of the Niners to see just the counters to yeah. everything. And it's like, I've seen no Kittle, no Debo. Ayuk came back and they've been crushing him. He's been awesome. And the but- Cowboys were like befuddled by the Cardinals run offense two weeks yeah. ago. Correct. We're like Rondell Moore's coming across the line of scrimmage and they're like, I don't know. I don't know where, where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Like that's, that's all a, you're getting from the 49ers on Sunday. A very, very good reminder there for sure. Uh, one last game on the docket and it's Monday night football Packers, two point favorites on the road in Las Vegas. Um, the Packers got a week. They get a week to settle things down after a not, so good of a showing but you're going from thursday to monday primetime slot you're in vegas josh mcdaniels is super rattled throwing his rookie qb under the bus probably trying to mask his own just mess ups because it's not like he's doing he's out here you know putting on a belichick type clinic here but either way i'm on the packers i still like the packers i still think that what they have this season my the the sheldon market of the Packers hasn't gone anywhere yet. I'm still here. And especially when we're talking about going up against the Raiders. Yeah. Give me the Packers here. Minus two. No, I have no problems here laying two points with the Packers in this game. Yeah. Very sort of Steelersy from a couple of weeks ago, right? Where mm-hmm. it's, uh, and I don't mean from a point spread standpoint, because we haven't seen the Raiders shoot up to minus three. It is the same deal every week with the Packers, right? Where it's like, who's healthy. Yeah, who's healthy? We have we start the week with a the good rating, right? So it's it, this isn't quite the Joe Burrow Bengals situation, but like we always start the week with the good Packers rating, and then the Packers rating precipitously drops as we find out that this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy don't play, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know they have this sort of mini bye week, if you will, and it's like Jair Alexander, he's in practice. It's like, okay, go on. And it's like Elton <laughs> Jenkins, he's in practice. You're like, uh-huh. And then like Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, like whatever snap count they might have been on last week, like looks like they're, you know, unscathed from the Lions game and like they should be good to go. And it's like, tell me more. And it's like, sorry, that's all we've got. That's literally every all the injured guys outside of obviously Bakhtiari, who seems to be out for the year. 
which honestly isn't, really isn't that much of a surprise. So again, like the closing line that made the Lions the favorite on Thursday night. And listen, I should have known that the weekend was going to go the weekend was the way the weekend went um, just off of that Packers first half performance against the Lions. Yeah. But like, I don't believe that the Raiders have, for example, what the Lions do defensively to take advantage of the offensive line woes of the Packers, right? Like the Packers are Correct. going to be able to run the football against the Raiders, right? So, I mean, if you watch the first drive of the Chargers Raiders game, it was like the Raiders were like, thought they could just skip the game if they just let the Chargers score as easily as possible. <laughs> but it's like, oh, we have to play 60 minutes. And then I guess we should try. And honestly, it's, I don't know if it tells you more about the Chargers or, or whatever, the fact that the Raiders probably should have covered all numbers, let alone pushing the, the closing line of seven in that game. So like, honestly, I don't know that there's, you know, you mentioned like throwing his quarterback under the bus. Is there really that much of a difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell? like not relative to the amount of points that like the line would shift exactly. if one or the other plays like I speaking of bets, I would make a million times over again. I'd make Raiders plus seven a bet a million every day for the rest of my life as well with Aiden O'Connell, even watching him struggle to get the ball out a, a lot of the time. Right. It was just yeah. like it, the amount of stuff that it took for the chargers to even sort of win by that level of a margin. I mean, geez, Chargers going to charger. I can't. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm sorry for even bringing up the Chargers on a on a bye week, right? Um, so yeah, like, is this number like a little bit quote unquote too high for the Packers based on all of the previous numbers? Like, yeah, it it is, but it's also supposed to be the best version of the Packers that we've gotten, right? So yeah. like, yeah, if it was again the injured version, like maybe it's pick them, right? Yeah. And as long as it's not three, I think we're still good to go here on the Packers having not just the extra, you know, few days off because they play on Sunday, but extra getting Monday night. And when I mentioned like it's kind of Steelersy, where it's going to be like, yeah, it's probably the best they're going to look going to Las Vegas in the same way the Steelers offense was the best it's going to look. And honestly, you're probably going to get a bleep ton of Packers fans in Las Vegas, right? Because if there was ever an on the road destination, right? Yeah, right? honestly, any road team, but certainly one that has the following that the Packers do. I think you're going to get go. sort of at least 50% Packer fans in the building there. So going to feel a lot like that Steelers game from uh, two weeks ago where uh, the Steelers won pretty comfortably. And I think the Packers do the same. Yeah, looking forward to a great week of football, week five of the NFL. And of course, as always, we mentioned that you know, there's going to be a lot going on line movement wise between now and then where can the people find you online to, you know, discuss the inner workings of said NFL, maybe some college football stuff along the way as well. Where yeah. can they find you? How about a little hockey shell? How about some what? NHL? Oh. Yeah, that's a thing that's starting next week, right? Crazy. So wrote a little piece today. Don't know when it's going to be up necessarily, but it's sort of a setting up how to make NHL money lines. I know this is probably a you know Ooh. sort of lost on a lot of people from a football standpoint, but it's you know you hopefully people who followed me at Emrus Authentic on Twitter and the, at the Score um, and have read my stuff have probably read the How to Make a Point Spread article from uh, August. If you haven't, go back and check that out. Um, not hard to find, but there's also going to be a new one, how to make NHL money lines, talking about the ins and outs on that. So, you know, as we like to say, right, everybody likes to stay in the space, right? We're teaching people how to fish, not giving them a fish. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Can't say I'm super excited for the NHL season to necessarily start because we're certainly mega deep into college football and, uh, and the NFL, but uh, just another thing added to the plate over at the score. 
Nothing wrong with that. I totally get it, my dude. Totally get it. Lots going on as we head into week five. And of course, you can follow me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander. Uh, but as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rob like this. This is the Clutch Pick Sports Betting Podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.